Ready to explore the branches on your family tree? Join Abbott historian and genealogist Cherie Harper as she helps you begin your journey of finding out just where you came from. Brick Walls and Pitfalls starts now. Hello and welcome to Brick Walls and Pitfalls from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Today we're discussing mistakes. Um, I'm going to post some links on my Facebook page, which is Insight Genealogy and Research. And, um, you know, links to different blogs that I found that talk about common mistakes. Um, And I just want to go over a couple of these um, that I think are really important. So when you're new to this and you're first starting out, a lot of this stuff is very common. It's like anything else you do. You sort of learn as you go. Um, But typically, the first mistake I see people make, and I myself have done it, is you focus on certain individuals. Um, You get sort of tunnel vision, and you think if you focus hard enough on this one person, that'll help you get past this person. Um, My experience has actually been that a lot of the time, you sort of go at it a little laid back, and a lot of times you will have to sidestep, meaning like, if you're looking at a particular ancestor and you kind of seem hung up there and can't get beyond it, I'd recommend going ahead and going to siblings and starting to dig around on their information. Because typically, if the information you need um, about their parents or where they're from or any of that other stuff, if you can't find it on um, a certain person, someone connected to them has that information. Someone has you know written it down on a record somewhere. If you get hung up, I would always encourage you to sidestep. Um, go to the side, um, take a break, look at somebody else, and do that for two or three siblings if you have to until you you get there. And sometimes even that won't help. Sometimes you're just going to be stuck for a while until there's new records available or, or something like that. Um, but don't get tunnel vision. Um, that's the first mistake that a lot of people make. They think if they're, they're just not doing it right or they're not focusing hard enough on this person. And sometimes it's just that that information isn't going to be there. Um, another mistake people make is not taking notes. Um, I'd mentioned this before in one of the other podcasts, but I would always recommend keeping a notebook um, and at the top of the page, write the ancestor's name and jot down things. And you can go back and reference it later. It can be hen scratch. It can be a mess. It's fine. Um, I recently uh, in the last couple of years had inherited a, a box of things from a family member um, whose mother had done tons and tons of genealogy research back in the day before. Um, you could really use Ancestry or any of those other tools. She was doing it the old-fashioned way, pounding the pavement, microfilm, printing things. And um, it was really interesting to me um, that when I got all this, that to find that a lot of her research looked real similar to mine in that there's, you know, piles of paper with just stuff scribbled, jot, you know, jotted down. And, um, you know, you don't realize how valuable that can be sometimes, just having it jotted down somewhere that you wrote it down. When you came across it, you maybe didn't print it and maybe didn't save it and weren't sure about it, but just having that to reference back to sometimes can be the thing that, you know, cracks the case for you, so to speak. So um, a common mistake people make is not writing things down a hunch or just a tidbit of information that may or may not be true. So I'd recommend keeping a notebook, um, you know, and 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 do that. Just jot it down, even if you think it, it's not going to matter. And of course, once you disprove it, you know, it's not a bad idea to go back and cross it out. Um but it does help you to, to kind of go along and, and rule out what you've looked at, what you haven't. Um, anyone who's been doing this uh, very long at all knows you, you can get kind of stuck in a tornado of information. And more than once it's happened to me that I was chasing something really hard. And when I found it, I realized I'd already found it two or three years before, but just had not saved it or had not written it down. Um, and that can be really frustrating. So, um, you know, keep notes. That's really important. Um the other thing I see probably the most commonly is uh, people jump into conclusions uh, about things. Basically, 
you take whatever little bit of information you just assume that that's fact and move on with that as as the law um you need strong evidence um you don't want to jump to conclusions and then accept it as fact without having you know facts and basically what I, I always refer to it as a paper trail to back it up um you know as with any research or detective type work that's kind of what this ends up being um you always have a hunch or you have an idea of what you think is happening and sometimes that's right sometimes it's not um but basically, you know, when you're looking at individuals and you find people with the same name, um, you know, you don't just want to go with one because it fits what you think. You you know, you need to kind of proof them out and make sure you're on the right branch, you know, of your family or you're with the right person even. Um, you know, if you have a real common name, it's real easy to, uh, you know, have two or three William Johnsons in the same area at the same time that are born kind of the same time. And so, you know, you're going to need more evidence to make sure you're chasing the right person. Um if you jump to conclusions and you don't have evidence and paper trails to back up what you're doing, um, yeah, you can build a family tree. You can go all the way back to England in 1600, no problem. But the problem is, is that it's not going to be correct. And, you know, if you're interested in genealogy and if you're doing this research and if you're spending your time and money and everything else, you want to make sure it's correct. And so it's it's one of those kind of slow and steady wins the race kind of deals. Um, you know, on my personal um, ancestry account i have it turned off uh, it, it gives you options for where you get hints from i personally turned off after about the first year i turned off the option to for it to show me other people's family trees because what happens is one or two people post a family tree with this information then everyone else starts pulling that into their tree and before you know it you've got 30 or 40 people with all this information in their tree and it turns out that when you do the actual pound in the pavement and the research it's not accurate and so um, I would always be very careful. I wouldn't add anything from anyone else's family tree until you've proven it out yourself. Um, sometimes that's hard to do and sometimes it's time consuming, but it's worth it. It'll keep the whole rest of your tree from being a mess. Um, so I had to go back early in the beginning and, and undo and delete things and, and clean it up. And, and that can you know take a lot of extra time that's not really moving you forward. Um, so be careful with jumping to conclusions and just accepting one little bit of information as fact and running with it. Um, one other thing I see a lot is um, people getting hung up on the spellings of names. Um, that changed a lot, um, you know, back in the old days, so to speak. A lot of people, um, at least in my family tree, couldn't read or write. And so the census taker or whoever um, was spelling things phonetically sometimes, and sometimes they spelled their name one way, you know, in the early part of their life, and by the time that they're, you know, elderly, they're spelling in a different way. So don't get hung up on on spelling. Um there's not one correct spelling. I mean, there is today because there's records. And when you're born, you have a, you know, a, a, a name and it's spelled this way. But but back in the 1800s and not early 1900s, that wasn't the case. And so you can't get hung up on spellings. You have to look at all the other information, which is why that sidestepping part I was talking about is so important. You know, you have to have an idea of, you know, who their family was so that you can try and connect those things together to make sure you're going the right direction. You also, um, when you're researching records, not only the spelling issue, but there's a transcription issue that I've run into a few times, too, meaning that um, whoever is transcribing those records to put them on, you know, to make them searchable on Ancestry or Family Search or wherever, sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes they, um, you know, transcribe it wrong. And so, you know, that can be an issue um, that can be really that one can actually be really hard to overcome. You'll think, you know, you're going to drive yourself insane looking for um, an ancestor that should be in a certain area, say in 1860, but they're just not there. And a lot of times it's because it's misspelled in the transcription. 
And so, um, you know, you run into lots of issues with names, but that doesn't happen too often. Thank goodness. Um, a lot of the people back then, the way they wrote it, made it hard to read it. And so you run into some of that. But, you know, be really careful about adhering to this idea that, you know, this is the way the name is spelled. So it has to be this. It doesn't. It can be any variation of that. So a lot of times the problem that people run into with any kind of search that they're doing, or any kind of research is being too narrow and what they're looking for. Um, when you do that, you're going to kind of eliminate a lot of other possibilities, and that can actually cause you to never find the information you're looking for. So that's the first thing I would say really about any of this is make sure you're not being too narrow in your idea of what you're looking for. Another common mistake is that people don't have a specific research goal. Um, it does help to kind of, you know, jot down an outline of what you're looking for. Um if you're not a natural researcher, if it doesn't come easily to you, anything you can do to jot down an outline, you know, a goal or a specific direction you're trying to go can help. Um, one common thing I see is people jump up between different parts of the family too often. I found it it does work a lot easier because the information is fresh in your mind. If you kind of keep with one branch of the family for a while, get as far as you can with it. Once you hit a little bit of a, of a stumbling, then come back to that same part of the family and work your way up the other part of the tree. So, for example, if I'm looking at my grandparents, okay, well, I started, you know, go off on my grandparents' side of the family or my grandfather's side of the family. Once I get beyond that um, and get to a certain stopping point with that, well, let's go back and look at my grandma's and kind of work each each leg of your family tree kind of in a linear fashion That because the information is fresher as you're doing that when you're jumping from generation to generation. If you hop around too much, and like on Ancestry in particular, if you're going to those hints too often and just going through an ad and all kinds of stuff, um, everything kind of gets lost in the shuffle, and it makes it really hard to remember, you know, different parts of the family, brothers, sisters, where they where they live, different things like that. Um, if you stay with one branch and you follow it all the way up through time, like a timeline, it seems to make it easier to connect the dots, um, and you don't get as lost in the shuffle or overwhelmed even. Some people get really overwhelmed and give up. This is Cherie Harper, and you're listening to Brick Walls and Pitfalls in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry now features Zoom teeth whitening. You'll find them on West Jackson Street in Cookville, and today we are covering common mistakes. Another common mistake I see is that um, people who are just starting out with research try to start their research too far back. You actually want to start as close to you as possible. You want to get, um, when you're first starting your tree, you want to build it starting from you your parents, your grandparents, great-grandparents. Typically, once you get to great-grandparents, for most of us, I'm 41 years old, so information for my great-grandparents is readily available. So if you can at least get someone in your family who knows that information to give you that much, you know, to get you started, you should be off and running pretty quickly. Um, for whatever reason, sometimes people want to start with some famous ancestor they have or something like that. Um, it Really, for the, the continuity of the process and for timeline purposes, it's much easier to start and work your way backwards through time. Um, starting from back and working your way forward is usually a nightmare, and it, it's usually much more difficult to do. So, uh, again, you know, you want to verify everything you find. Um, and usually it's it's kind of like, it, it honestly, it's almost like a, a detective would do in a murder mystery or something. You're looking to piece one clue to another clue to another clue. And going from current to past is much easier. Um, another thing that um, I've talked in a previous podcast about sidestepping, something that a lot of new researchers overlook is the value of looking at other relatives and neighbors and things like that. You'll kind of notice a lot of us on a census, if your ancestor lived in the same area most of their life, they lived next door to 
a lot of the same people for most of their life or, you know, relatives of those people or whatever. And that helps you sometimes when you're not sure about a direction to go, seeing, you know, those common names over and over. So there's lots of times where, you know, when you're looking at a census, don't dismiss, you know, the relatives and neighbors that live nearby. Don't dismiss people that are three or four families away that have the same last name, because typically, not always, but a lot of times they're related to your ancestor that you're looking at. And a lot of times that may be the route you have to go to get around a roadblock you have. And so <clears throat> there's been many times throughout my research that I have come back to a census to look at who lived around them and, you know, that kind of thing to try and, and pin something down. So don't overlook those. There are lots of things you can do that will actually make things more difficult for you when you're researching um, things that, you know, when you're new, you just don't know. Um, a lot of people don't want to, like we talked about earlier about the, the tunnel vision, a lot of people have problems with that. Uh, they're not open to discussing other po- possibilities, which, you know, a lot of times will leave you with a brick wall that you'll never get past. Um, a lot of people don't want to share their research. Um, I have found just it, it's been invaluable to me, the other family members and, and people that are researching our family that have shared things with me that have been the piece I needed to move forward, um, you know, that supported other things I already had maybe, but I just wasn't sure. And someone else has that one thing. I think people tend to be kind of protective of their research and feel like it's special and they don't want to share it because they don't want other people stealing it. I mean, really, I mean, we're, it's, it's all of our information. So anything we can do to help each other, I think, is always useful. Um, I think that the most common thing I see with genealogy is a lot of people start a tree and when it gets a little bit difficult, they just give up. You know, and that's OK. It, it's not for everybody. It's not necessarily meant to take over your life. Some of us, it kind of does. Um, we call it um, several of us. That, that I'm friends with know that uh, we refer to it as the genealogical black hole or rabbit hole. Um, basically, you know, you get on a tangent about something and you just can't lay it down. Um, a lot of people don't have that. It's not that important to them and that's okay. Um, but I think people go into it thinking it's going to be real easy and they can do it real fast. And when it becomes difficult, they just give up. And that's a common thing I see. And so if you you know feel like it's getting overwhelming, reach out to someone who does it. Reach out to a friend um, that, you know, has the same interest or some family member, you know, through the Internet or on on, on Ancestry and, and see if you can get some help. Because, you know, a lot of times finding someone else with a similar excitement for it will inspire you to keep going. Um, you know, I can say in my own house that not everyone in my family is nearly as excited about this stuff as I am. And that's OK. But you will find other people out there who are. And so that's another big part of uh, researching is that you find other people who are just as excited about it as you, and it it keeps you motivated to keep going. Uh, Thank you for listening to Brick Walls and Pitfalls. Join us for our next episode as we discuss context. Just a reminder, you can catch up on all episodes of Brick Walls anytime in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center.